Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Cruise for a Corpse. Cruise for a Corpse. But before we do, uh, we got some feedback from uh, one of our most recent episodes, Aaron. Sure. Okay. What do you got? None other than Robin Levy commented on our Rough and Tumble episode. And he says, "Uh, Hi, John and Aaron and Chris, because he sent me the link. I'm the artist, co-designer on Rough and Tumble, and just wanted to say thanks for all the nice words you had to say. I'm glad people still enjoy it almost a quarter century later. P.S. Play Fire and Ice. It's dead good. <laughs> so thank you. How crazy is that that he saw our... I think it's nice. I think it's awesome, actually. I stumbled upon this. And of course, I should have known about it because someone already told me, but I, I was just lumbering around like an oak. And I was like, oh, crap. I can't believe we just saw that. And of course, I reveled, reveled, and went to our chat thing and told everybody, like, yeah, we knew about that. I was like, son of a gun. <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome. And we, hey, that's great. I love it when the uh, people that make the game... Have, come and have a listen and have a look. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Aaron, uh, do you want to roll on to the Amiga news yep. for this week? That sounds good. Let me roll out the Gambletron here. So, uh, first and foremost here this week, Boat, uh, we're going to talk about a... Uh, and this, again, this is a beta, but I, I thought it was kind of neat. Someone has, is putting out a new Bombjack game. It's a Bombjack Amiga remake called Bombjack Beer Edition. Beer we can Edition? Get behind that, yeah. sure. Uh, have, have you ever played Bomb Jack? Yes, arcade? absolutely. I knew you have because mm-hmm. it's right up your alley. Yeah, I love Bomb Jack. I also so, like Mighty Bomb Jack on the NES. So this is a beta edition of Bomb Jack that's coming out. It looks it, it looks pretty good, and you can download it uh, the a, a, the ADF there. And uh, uh, if you're a big Bomb Jack guy, you look at this boat. Tell me what you think. It, it looks, looks great. It looks just like the arcade machine. It looks real good. Yeah. And so you know, a labor of love. And this is one you. I'm, are you surprised that this never had a proper release on the on the Amiga? I oh, am. Just, really? I am surprised. Yeah. Uh, this is another one of those games that I like. I like single screen platformers that take you around the world. Pang is like that. I know you've never played. Pang, I have played but it Pang is. now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, City Connection, which you don't like, but I like. But it, games that take you, you know, various locales. I, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the, again, this is in beta, but for beta, hey, it looks okay. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. So. Uh, we'll keep an eye on this, and when it's for- formally released, we will let you know. But again, you can you can pretty much grab it right now and have, have a go at it. Uh, our good and dear friend Chris Folds shared with us a uh, news item: uh, Golden Wing, the best Amiga Game Award winner at the Capacitor Party 2017, gets a final release. Ooh! Now I have not looked at Golden Wing, so we're gonna have a quick look at it now. I like the name. Oh, it's a <laughs> Ironically, it looks sort of like a, it's got a little bit of an, a, an asteroid mm-hmm. feel to it. The ship has no momentum, though, which makes it a lot easier to drive. This thing turns on the dime like Auto Man's car, <laughs> if you're familiar with that show. I like the background. The uh, the uh, uh, This is some twinkling. Oh, now we get into some actual Yeah, this is like, uh, like Super Stardust sort of thing, too. Yeah, I like the ship, too. It's got a steampunk sort mm-hmm. of thing going. I, mm-hmm. I kind of like the, the explosion. So this, looks like a, this looks pretty solid, but yeah. we may have to have a look at this in the future. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, hey... Congratulations. It says here that this was coded by a fellow named Fernando Cabrera, 
and the graphics are by Tony Galavez, and the music by DJ MeToon and Estrack. Ooh. Pretty good. Yeah. I like that. I wish I had a cool DJ name. Well, maybe we'll Can we'll leave that up, up to the listeners. Well, you're a music guy. What is what is Aaron's DJ name? Yeah, yeah. Help me out. <laughs> help me out, everybody. So let's go. Let's roll seamlessly into the site news. I'm we, seamless. Because hey. And amigos, if we can't find the news, we'll just make our own darn news. <laughs> or have the brain trust go to work. And that brain trust has been fully in force this week. Let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend that is Gary the Huckster. He has put out three different videos this week of him tricking out his Amiga 2500. Uh, as I mentioned to the Huck, I've never actually physically touched or been near a 2500 my whole life. And I'm sure you haven't, no, I haven't. no. Um, they are uh, neat little machines, and the Huck is going to work. He's adding all kinds of crazy stuff. These he puts a Picasso card in. He puts a bridge board in. I used to have a bridge board, which if you're not familiar with the bridge board, it lets you it lets you run PC stuff on your Amiga. Which actually there was even a, there were, you could actually use software to do that. But the bridge board added a proper processor and and uh, gave you a lot of options that a PC would have. I used to tell my buddies I would. <laughs> this is so silly, but you know. Everyone, when they're younger, they brag about their computer, right? And I'd tell my buddies, like, listen, I'm not buying any computer that I can emulate with a floppy disk. And they'd all be like, oh! oh you know, there's a burn. Cuts like a knife, yeah. And then they rolled up and said, look, I'm playing X-Wing. I was like, son of a... <laughs> and that was the end of that. But still, I had a, had a couple weeks of, of uh, good times there. Let's talk about uh, a crazy, talented individual here. The brutal one. Brutal Barracuda. Video churning machine. I love his style. He's put out one that I think he surprised a lot of people with this one, Boat. 40, that's 4-0, 40 Amiga isometric games. Now, if you were going to tell me how many isometric games does the Amiga have, I would not have answered 40. Absolutely. Now, because that's sort of what I think of isometric stuff. I think of like the Specky or the Amstrad. Right, the 8-bit systems. I do not think of the Amiga. Mm -hmm. Now, I know there are some, but I mean, he, I give the guy credit. Uh, and this video is getting a lot of action because I think people are baffled at this number. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, it's done in the uh, in the brilliant way that Brutal Barracuda has been doing this latest round of videos with the countdowns. I just love it. I love it. Uh, it's it's easy to watch. You can skip right over stuff you don't want. There's a timer. It's just mm -hmm. great. So it's great. Kudos to the Barracuda, who is a video genius. I might add mm -hmm. when it comes to this sort of stuff. Um, let me see if we've got anything else here. I want to talk about boat. Uh, I think that may. Oh, just for just for, I'll mention it. Uh, me and the boat put out a uh, video this week that's actually got a surprising amount of attention considering what it was. Uh, we had a look at another world on the 3DO, uh, and this has been gosh, we filmed this uh, quite a while back, wasn't it, boat? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it, it languished. But we you know I hesitated to re to release this video because we were I was so bad at the game, just horrible at this game. I was embarrassed how bad I was. And of course, the second I posted, some dude called me out on my foreplay, <laughs> and I'm telling you, uh, I haven't played a game for a while. Plus, the 3D version has got a different vibe to mm -hmm. it. And also, that morning I was uh, I'm sure there was something off my hand. I think I sat on it or something. <laughs> That's what happened. It wasn't bad play. No. And when the camera wasn't on, Boat was playing all his bad games. That was part of it too. So anyway, if you want to watch me and Boat fumble around like idiots and, <laughs> and use stage codes to get the places you can go when you can't get past the first stage, then this is a video for you. This is for, for you. you. <laughs> but I will say, it does demonstrate that the... Uh, and this sort of plays into what we're talking about today in a weird way. Uh, but th um, this shows you the, the what the 
true power of the 3DO was to render a beautiful 2D game. And if it was used correctly, the uh, some of the scenes that are just breathtakingly gorgeous, they trump the Amiga in terms of the way they look, and they trump pretty much everything. I mean, I don't think I saw one that looked better than, than the 3DO version. Mm-hmm. What about you? But saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so overall, it's it's worth checking out just to look at the pretty pictures, right? Um, one last little item. Uh, well, two things, actually. Uh, if you haven't been checking out our sister show, ARG Presents, uh, we have out right now, we took a look this week, the Retro Roulette Wheel chose for us to look at ColecoVision games, and we looked at Ladybug and Smurf. So if you have a, uh inkling to get down to funky with Smurf, uh, and Ladybug, there you go. We have a lot of fun with that show, and like I said, it gives us an outlet to play some other system games, and uh, so it's something we do on and off. So that one's out right now, and then we've just we just wrapped up another one that'll be coming out this uh, coming Wednesday. Um, last item, the uh, Great Amigos box art poll. Uh, we've got a link on the Google Plus, and we'll put this up also on Facebook for you to uh, vote on your favorite box art. And this just kind of sprung out. Uh, do you remember who who uh, someone put this up? It and was a real somebody. On, yeah, somebody One on the brain trust. Yeah. Now, and now that I've mentioned, it, I feel like a jerk because I can't remember who it was. But kudos to them, uh, and we will give them full credit when I figure out who it is. Uh, but they've put up this little poll here, and there's a lot of good choices on here. Plus, you can add your own choices, and uh, we don't really have a reason to do it. We're just kind of I just we got to talking about it. And it's like someone's like, hey, let's make a poll, and wham, bam, the brain trust stick one up and. So if you feel so like voting it. Next week, I uh, yeah, vote this week, and next week we'll put up the results here on the show. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I think, Boat, that is all i got. You got anything you want to add to the uh, pile here? No, no. That's a lot more than I thought, actually. So uh, before we dive into Cruise for the Corpse, Cruise for a Corpse, it's an uh, indefinite corpse, not a definite one. <laughs> it's for the corpse. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> we should say that this is was a choice by Amigos Game Selection Committee member uh, Brutal Barracuda the of only. video editing fame. Um, and so uh, if you have a favorite game that you would like the Amigos to cover, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Amigos podcast and uh, you can sign up to be an Amigos Game Selection Committee member and get one game a month for us to review. And we've, we've gotten a lot of members who are selecting some... And this is another game I've heard about for years and never played, so mm-hmm. it's always good. Sometimes you need someone to give you the kick in the pants. To, right. Or some of the stuff we just don't know about. Yeah. In fact, a lot of it, actually. We, yeah. don't, we just have like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And so this is one. So you, uh, anything else? No, let's dive right in. Let's talk about this unique game, Cruise for a Corpse. All right. Now, this is a game genre that we seldom tread in, Boat. Uh, it is a... Uh, this is an adventure, sort of a point-and-click adventure game. So this game was released in 1991. It came on five big floppy disks <laughs> and was developed... Which is, I mean, for the, for what this game is and what it looks like is is shocking when you consider that Monkey Island came on 12, you know? Eh, well, we'll get into that. Um, this was developed by Delphine. Uh, of uh, Ironically, we just mentioned them. They did Another, Another world, world Flashback, and then they did a couple uh, other point-and-click games, which were Future World, which I actually have played, and Operation Stealth, and the uh, with the, and then the James Bond sort of similar game that came out. Uh, of course, this is for one player, uh, and this came out in a bunch of different languages, which is no, no surprise. Uh, it came out in English, German, Italian, and Spanish, and, um, and French. Uh, of course, this was developed by a, a French development team, and it shows. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, 
And so, and if you look at who did this, this was your general uh, guys that work on a lot of these games from Delphine, uh, and they so they be you know they were responsible for a lot of the games we just mentioned. Uh, the uh, same basic guys that do a lot of this stuff. So this actually, I was kind of surprised by this. Uh, this had ports to the ST and the PC, and I'm not 100% sure which version was first. I didn't. Did your research discover that at all? No, when I, you know, obviously when I was looking at, um, the, you know, uh, playthroughs on YouTube, the PC version seemed to be prevalent. Yeah. So I, it makes me wonder if this was originally developed for the PC and ported to the ST and the Amiga, or if it was the other way around. I think Delphi, I think they their other stuff was all, I think it was all Amiga first. Mm -hmm. So this may have been done for the Amiga. I mean, I will say this, it does not look like a port of anything. Now, it doesn't mean anything, but it doesn't look like something that's like, oh, this looks like they look this porting this made it let them down. I mean, right. it looks like something that was, it runs like a nor we would expect it to work. So, what is Cruise for a Corpse? All right. Um, this game, if you're familiar with uh, the classic murder mystery, and I'm going to go with, say, an Agatha Christie, um, this is basically a, a interactive Agatha Christie style murder mystery, like a Perot. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm more of a Arthur Conan Doyle. I'm a big Sherlock Holmes maniac, Jeremy Brett, and uh, if you watch the TV shows, and so this is not the general type of murder mystery that I'm into. But I like pretty much any murder mystery, and so I'm always down to a little bit. So the the theming of it was right for me. Uh, so in this game, uh, you assume the role of Roe. Uh, this this guy's name. I'm gonna have. It's gonna be a rough night on the names here. Raoul Ducentier, who, who is a French detective, bam, like Perot, with a cool with a mustache. Perot wasn't French. Where was he from? He's Belgian. Belgian. Oh boy, I'm gonna eat it for that, yeah. aren't I? Well, you can see I didn't read a lot of those. Again, <laughs> not my bag. Uh, anyways, uh, this and he is invited to be on a on a boat that's owned by a very wealthy guy. And this guy's name. You want to give this a shot? I couldn't I, point at it for me. Right there. I'll tell you what it is. Nicholas. That's. Karabujan. <laughs> well, I could have done that. So, and so, when you, once you get on the boat, you know there's going to be problems because this this isn't the happy boat ride game. No. And so you, uh, um, once you're on the boat, you're alerted uh, by this guy's manservant that he's been murdered. Mm -hmm. And when you go to check out what's happened, someone sneaks up behind you and bonks you. <clears throat> Body gone. Mm -hmm. You wake up and there's no body and there's a, a boat full of suspects. Right. And so it's your job. Somebody uh, on the boat. Right, because you're at sea yeah. and it's your job to go out and find out what's going on. Um, the game is the game is very beautifully rendered. I mm -hmm. will say that it is a it's unusual in a lot for a point and click game is in that some there's a there's depth to it and there's um, they use a system that I'm assuming this is sort of the same kind of thing that they would use in, in, to render some of the stuff in flashback where your guy, where your detective can walk. There are scenes where he walks right at you and yeah. walks away. It's, it's very cinematic. It, it, it's, it's, when I was playing this on the stream, they were explaining it to me that it's, he's vector-based. Everything else is sprites, <clears throat> but this guy is vector, so as he gets closer, it doesn't get blurry. It just increases his It size. reminded me of a more refined Alone in the Dark if you've ever played never that played game. alone in the dark um and but it, it's very it, they're very well done and i mean especially with, again the amiga 3d is not necessarily its bag so you can tell the guys that were definitely knew what, exactly what they were doing mm -hmm. when it comes to programming this game 
So, of course, you've got a, a, a boat full of people here to, to, uh, to investigate. And, I mean, a, I mean, there's a ton of these people. And so, um, what you'll do is you'll move around the boat looking for clues. And, and the majority of the game, in fact, I'd say 90% of the game is interrogating and questioning these various suspects. And there are tons, tons and tons. There's, and all, and as you, I'm not going to give away all the plot points here, uh, but as you get into the story, and I played this game for a good while, and then I watched, I watched a complete playthrough after I tried to played it for a couple of hours, just so I could get the flavor. Um, the, uh, the various people in the crew, there's plenty of family members, friends of family members, and there are people that are flawed. Yeah. There's a, there's a chick that's always drunk named Suzanne. There's the, the guy that died's wife, which is a real piece of work. Then there's, there's their daughter, and there's the guy's manservant, and you're you're questioning all these guys in this boat. The uh, your guy moves slow as dirt, but thankfully they've the got, saving uh, grace. This game, I will say this right off the bat. The one thing I the thing I liked most about this game was the interface. The interface in this game is one of the best I've ever seen. One of the things that just drives me nuts on games is having to walk slowly around, especially right. when you have to cover a great distance. It takes forever to get yeah. to where. And that, that's the when I said the saving grace, that's what I was talking about. That They have a, a system of fast travel, which now every game has fast travel, right. but it was very uncommon in, you yeah. know, in, the, in, the, in these days to and, have and that. You, and the funny thing about this game, like we'll take Simon the Sorcerer, for example. That game, you walk around slowly, but there's a lot, there's a lot of scenery in that mm-hmm. game. This game does not have nearly as much as much scenery. I believe I read that this game only has like I can't remember how many unique rooms. It was like fifteen or something. It was, I mean, you see a lot of the same stuff over and over. Yeah, you, there are fifteen corridor backgrounds and and then plus ten in, interior rooms, right? So, and for a game like this, that's not a lot. It sounds like a lot, but when you play this thing for like two or three hours. You see the same little scenes over and over mm-hmm. and over, and so it's so helpful when you can click that map up and just kind of beam to where you want to go. Right. It saves a ton of time. Something else that they do that I like is the is the inventory and usage system in this very streamlined. I mean, it's one of the best older ones I think I've ever played. Again, uh, these sorts of games are not my cup of tea generally, but and I'll admit when I heard this was on the dock and I'm like oh boy it's going to be one of these things where I have to say I mean this one actually was very that's why I played it so much it was painless to play in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it you, you it was very seamless the way you click through stuff it, I like yeah, that quite it's, a bit. it's 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 like a, it's a context sensitive uh, interaction system with objects you know you, wow. you can only that do That sounds complicated. You you can only <laughs> do for example, you know you don't have to guess at the command that you need to use to manipulate an object. It will tell you what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the boat you're on is cool looking. It's uh, it's fun to explore the first time you go through it. It's sort of a. Uh, it's funny. The box contains sort of a background, which I read. It's, it's a paper that comes with the game, and it tells you that. Uh, uh, the, the backstory behind this boat is that uh, it was owned by a guy. I think it was, it was a pirate. I think his name was One-Eyed Jack. and Not Saucy Jack? No. And Nicholas's dad uh, won the boat in a card game. He won it. And he had it docked for years. And finally, Nicholas said, let's go ahead and get this thing fixed up. And we'll use it just to screw around with because we're rich. And we'll go out and drive around with our buddies. Mm-hmm. Which is effectively what you're doing. 
Um, as you go through the boat, occasionally you'll see a servant scrubbing a deck or working in the laundry, something like that, which is cool, or tending bar, you know, something like that, which is, that's kind of neat. Um, when you go up on deck, um, there's a really awesome water effect that goes on where uh, it looks like the boat's at, at, at the sea and the water's sort of rises the, and you falls. See, you see the horizon go yeah, up and down. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, it was a real good effect, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, some, and often when you're in the boat, you'll see stuff like the door will open. Like there's one room, one of the girls' rooms, I believe it was Daphne. I think it was when you open the door. There's a little thing on the on the wall that kind of flutters. Mm-hmm. There's little cool. animations, yeah. And yeah. I always love stuff like that. I even loved it in Solitaire on Windows 3.1. How the bats would go in the cars. Oh God, like, come on, boat! I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> so, the the this game has an and again, having not played some of these boats, stop me if this is something that's commonplace because I've never seen it before. So the this game's got an interesting way. You play one basically, you play a full day, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, every so often, when you do something that's important, a clock will appear, and the and the the uh, hand will move up, maybe five minutes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, if you do something, I guess particularly epic, it can move like fifteen minutes mm-hmm. at one time. And what this is doing is effectively advan- advancing the game. All right, which I at the time I thought, man, what a cool concept. Because, for example, if you advanced, if you sh- checked out everything on the ship, and then finally you did something to advance the the game. Every person on the ship, not everybody, but a lot of people would change where they're at. Mm-hmm. Some would not be available at all. Yeah. Some people would pop in that you hadn't talked to for a while. Some would be in different areas or you could talk to them about different stuff. That's and pretty that's, cool. And that's what I think the game does to make up for the fact that it has limited locations is that even though you've got limited scenery, you've got all of these people in all different places doing all different things. Right. And so... What this means is, uh, is that, again, you've got until 6.30 to f- finish this game, to solve the crime or whatever. I guess what, I mean, really, when you get to 6.30, the game's effectively over mm. at that point. So, <coughs> when you go and talk to these people, and the majority of the game, you'll be sitting in front of a guy or a girl, and you'll be reading text. Mm-hmm. Right? Problem number one, this is pretty much predates where someone's going to have a lot of audio, uh, and it would be awesome if they had a version of this that had all the audio done by actors, but you have to read it all. We're very far away from bums. that in this. Yeah, yeah in this. this well, I mean, really, that's that would be not that big a deal. I mean, this is another game. No, you there, there, there were, but I mean, like that didn't appear in games for like oh yeah more than fifteen years well, after this. Well, I don't know about that. At fifteen years. Yeah, that. Think about when was the first fully voiced role playing game. You don't know, but I do. What was it? It was um, it was uh, Oblivion, or no, it wasn't even Oblivion. Oh. It was like Skyrim. I mean, it, well, this but is, those games were a lot more epic than this. It wouldn't be that. But I mean, new. I can't think of any role playing game the, that was fully. What voiced. about something like uh, uh, Seventh Guest? That had audio. That didn't it. have a lot of. That didn't have trees like this game has. Well, the difference is this has so much yeah, audio. It yeah. would be a lot. Yeah. I mean, because when I say you're going to be reading. Uh, it's it's novel time. Yeah, game. this well that's you know there's a whole genre of games called visual novels. Yeah, and that's really what this is. Uh, this is the the the, clo- the game that's most closely analogous to this. I think is the Phoenix Wright games. Have you ever played any of those? You mean the uh, the attorney ones? Yeah, I've I've not I've never played them. I've seen them being played. This is very similar to a Phoenix Wright game. Um, the on a ship. I'll take your word for that one. So. You go around and you interrogate these people. When you when you come up to them and click on them, 
you get a you get a series of you could you get a series of topics mm-hmm. basically, and you could ask him like let's say I want to talk about Fabini or Suzanne or or any of the number of characters in here Julio, uh, you can pick their name and say you know what about and it, so and it'll give you another subtree you know what do you know about Julio and he'll say oh I don't know anything about Julio, or they'll talk about Julio Julio's a shifty bum or whatever, and you can, this is the flaw number one with the game. Um, you can go through and ask everyone that's available every question, all right? And you can do that to everyone that's available, and then you'll finally find someone that when you ask them a question, you'll click forward, okay? Then you pretty much kind of have to go back and ask everyone all those questions again. Right. Because as evidence appears or as the time changes, people, their answers may trigger something mm-hmm. that wasn't triggered before. Yeah. And so you spend a lot of time backtracking from one character, you know, to get the story to advance, and then just going back and doing it all again. And to fill it in can the be blanks. frustrating. Like I said, I, I I got a couple hours in, you know, and I I know this was saw the, the the walkthrough I saw solved this game in right around three hours, all right. And I think I saw another one that was even quicker. So I mean, you could probably whiz this thing pretty quick. But I was I was doing what I know about these types of games: just pick up everything. Mm-hmm. Manipulate everything. Talk. Ask everyone everything. <clears throat> and so, um, but it, I got irritated when I couldn't advance the clock. Sometimes um, you also have to do stuff with your inventory and, uh, and pick and pick certain things up. A key, like I'll tell you one thing in this game: if you like hidden pieces of paper, this is the game for you. <laughs> they got paper on the ground. Mm-hmm. They got paper stuck in Bibles. Mm-hmm. They got paper stuck in. Uh, uh, music boxes. There's mm-hmm. papers everywhere, and you're reading these things over and over and over. Uh, and but you know, and but a lot of times you need certain pieces of evidence. There were a couple of things I just had to go and get a walk through because I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing wrong. And it was this isn't the worst game I've seen, like really obscure crap. But it's t- it's close. And then what really makes it compounds the difficulty is that some things you need to advance won't appear until you've done something else. Right. And they'll be in a place you've already looked at. And that's the nature of these games. Again, it's it's just like Phoenix Wright. Um, the, the, I kind of break this off. This is different than a game like King's Quest or Leisure Suit Larry or something where there are, pu- like, there are puzzles in this game, but puzzles don't constitute the majority of what you spend your time doing. That's true. It's not puzzling, at, really, at right. all. There's right, a, I mean, there is, things. like, there's a thing, like, you have to manipulate a music box. You have yeah. to turn it and to get a piece of paper to come out with a key. But, um, and there's know, one bit where you have to put books in a certain order. Right. Open a secret and those door, things yeah. are, those things are very well animated. I mean, they zoom in and they're, they're very nice close-up drawings yeah. of these things. Um, but, you know, the, the majority of this game is, you know, you're an investigative detective. That's that's what you are. I will say something we should mention is the is the uh, little cinematics that occasionally pop up. The majority of this game, you are walking around and you talk to these people. When you go in, they're animated, mm-hmm. but they're not for the most part. I mean, the one thing I like is the is that the guy's manservant. He's, he's working out, and the scene of him lifting the weights. I had to say I laughed. My, did you see what I'm talking about? I can't remember that. He's in his crummy room and he's lifting weights, <laughs> and it look it just the, before you you know when you come up to a person. They just look like you do on the screen, and then they zo- it zooms in. And you get a mm-hmm. full-sized, beautifully drawn yeah. rendition of them, and they're animated, and they they react to you, and their facial expressions change, uh, which is super nice. This they're- is probably the best game from this time period 
the like those close-up animations. I can't think of any game that looked it's better. It's awful good. Yeah. There's a scene where you look through a, a porthole, and and there's a scene that goes on behind that. It's real well done. There's a, there's some awesome scenes where. Uh, like there's one scene where it shows how these two people met. I'm not gonna mention it because you know it'll give something away. But uh, uh, and it they it, like there are flashbacks mm-hmm. and, and it animates the flashbacks. Yeah. It's, it's very really well cool, you know the way they do it. Uh, and I love that. I mean, art wise, this is at the top of the food chain in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't think there's much that's gonna look like you know we love the cinemaware stuff and it's well done. But this really in a lot of ways just blows away the art on that. A lot of ways. Well, I mean there are some. Way. Oh, no, there are There's some nothing there. in any cinemaware game that looks anywhere good as good as anything in this well, game. Well, I, you know, I know you like cinemaware, but that, them's I the facts. I think the Three Stooges, the beginning of that, the opening stuff. There's a really the way they shuffle drawn. across the screen like that. That's, that's not they animation. Shuffle. Listen, I'm not going to fight with you, but <laughs> everyone knows you're wrong. But this is beautifully beautifully done. Uh, now. Um, aside from what we've mentioned about having to trigger stuff, it's some things are really tough to find. I had mm-hmm. a heck of a time. It's one of those uh, they've got a name for these things. Where you pixel, to, it's like pixel hunting. Pixel hunt. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're on one. Now this game again, I've played much much worse. Yeah. This wasn't like the Zool of these sort of games where you pick right. up like a million things. But when you need something, you need it. And some stuff's hidden in real like. I, part of past where I got, there was stuff like hidden in laundry and people's pockets and stuff. Mm. It's like, man, how did you ever? Yeah, and and there is, I mean, just like there's dialogue trees. There's also trees of like item, like pick up the coat, look, oh, examine the pocket, put your hand in the pocket. Right. You know, it, even opening it's, a letter, they probably went one or two trees too far. Yeah, just, you I, know, I if agree. You click on the letter, just open. I read think that it. that's that's one of the major faults. In yeah, this I game. mean, but that I mean, if you're going that far into it, your your patience is probably pretty good. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. by that point. Um, <laughs> The uh, again, the boat is well done. One thing I did not like, and this is a shortcoming I think could have been easily remedied, is I thought the music was annoying. It was the, it was okay the first time. You, mm-hmm. There are certain parts of the ship that you go that this, this kind of twenty speakeasy music kicks up, and it I don't I mean it was okay. I think it's just because you don't like jazz. No, it, listen. Don't tell me that that music didn't get annoying the fifth, sixth, seventh time you heard it. But you're you're never really in a place for that long to where. Well, you know, I'd like a little bit. Uh, uh, really, I'd like some. I would like more music. Yeah, uh, a lot more. I would I would appreciate having something playing when you're walking through the ship. Now I realize that since you can fast travel, it might not be completely necessary. But maybe like a jaunty pirate tune or something a like pi- that. Pirate tune? Is that when you take over the ship and start going? Through? You're like one eyed Jack again. I, I read that there were no action parts save for one thing, which I never saw and I didn't come across. Was that apparently there's some way you can get into a fist fight? Mm. Did you come across no. that? Uh, I never, I didn't see it in the walkthrough that I watched. It didn't happen to me during gameplay, so I don't know how uh, how uh, that goes. Now, more positives because uh, this is your classic insult sandwich, or the, or you know, the the the, uh, the game ramps up in in interest. And the clock helps because you know that clock when you're at four thirty or five or five thirty. You're like, man, Something's I know when this soon, is going to end. Yeah. And and you and at that point, and I like to say again, I I could never have beat this game in a million. It's, I don't have the brain mm-hmm. for it. But I enjoyed at first. I was like, man, this is this is taking forever. This is kind of lame. But when you really watch and get into it, especially if you're playing, I'm sure it's much more fun. 
the story is actually pretty good. Yeah, and that's what I this found. This boat is full of some of the shiftiest, mm-hmm. most conniving scumbags. Again, it's very much like an Agatha Christie novel in that regard. And one thing I'll say about the the detective here, like he has no qualms about using your weaknesses against you. <laughs> there's one bit. There's a there's a chick on the boat that's always liquored up, mm-hmm. right? And so you'll go up to a talk to her. She's like, I don't feel like talking. So what what does the detective do if you know what you're doing? He rolls into the bar takes a glass and a bottle, goes out and goes, here you go. And she's like, oh, thank you, man. I'm ready to talk. And yeah. it just gets her liquored up. Also, when she's passed out, and or even when she's not, if, if you're not there, you've got no qualms about just rolling through someone's stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, go in their room, look through their stuff. No problem. Search their body mm-hmm. or whatever. That said, um, this guy can, is, gets irritating when you're trying to pick something up, but he don't want you to do it. He, I mean, uh, he, he. I always hated that in games where they won't. They, I don't want to do that, or I don't need yeah. that. It's like, come on, that looks good. No, I don't want that. It's like, and he was not getting stuff that I thought was really good. <laughs> you know, did you have that problem? You know, what I'm talking I, well, about? you know, that happened to me sort of in the first room. This is this my my main problem with this game, is that I played like 45 minutes of it the first time I played it. It was on the stream, and I didn't pick up that first piece of paper. Oh gosh. Know? How did you, you not get that? And well, I didn't. I didn't. I did everything else but open the desk. Right. And so I wandered through the ship. You can go anywhere. You can do whatever you want, and nothing will happen. And I got so frustrated. I wish that something would have popped up. In like maybe you need to go back to the room. There might be something that you missed. You know, because yeah. if you don't, if you don't trigger that one thing, then the game is just totally closed off to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say the characters in this are totally unique. They're, t- I mean, again, they would fit on any of the you know, Murder on the Orient Express or mm-hmm. Murder by ABCs, whatever it was called, all that stuff. These guys would fit right in. And there's a couple awesome storylines in it. There, some are better than others, you know, background stuff. Uh, there's an awesome storyline with with about the. Uh, well, I don't want to get into it fully about this girl Agnes and what's happened to her and her heir. The I will say the ending. I did not see it coming. I'm not going to give it away because we were told not to give it away. And I wouldn't do it anyway because this is a game. You would ruin the game. Uh, but uh, I didn't see the ending coming. And the ending is my kind of ending. It's a, it's like a wrestling style ending. You know, who uh, to thunk it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, it? The very end scene is your classic um, investigation scene where you gather everyone that's not dead into the <laughs> into the smoking lounge mm-hmm. or whatever. And they're all there in a group. And you think, you did it. You right. know, It's awesome. You know, and I will say the very end of the game uh, is the cinematic that they have is more. It, it looks like they've transitioned to like a Philip Marlowe at the end. They went from the pro, from the pro to like it just. I mean, not to give it away, but at the very end, it's just you got sitting at a desk with a with a drink in his hand, just like looking like just completely destroyed. It's like ah, oh. <laughs> it's like the end. I was like, yeah, that's a perfect way to end this. This guy's like, I went through all that crap. He's like, ah, that was that. That was that day. <laughs> you know, so it really, I had mixed feelings about the game. Part of me loved, I like I said, I like the clock. I like the uh, concept of the clock anyway. I like the ease of use. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought there was a little too much dialogue. I mean, I wish they could have eliminated answers that questions you'd already asked that were no longer pertinent. Mm-hmm. And I know some games do that. Yeah, you know, that would have went a long way. In right. This game. That's that. My biggest flaw. My biggest fault with this game is exactly what you said. They they should have streamlined the dialogue options to where if you, if if something had already happened and you don't need to ask about Jose anymore, they should have just taken that away. 
Um, just because you get in the habit, what I would do is I would just go down, chick, 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 you know. And at some point, I would I wouldn't even be reading anymore because it was just so much. And yeah, it was a lot. I know you, your attention spans even worse than mine. Oh, sometimes. I'm terrible. Now let I'm me terrible. ask you, just a moment, personal question: Who was your favorite character of the bunch? <sighs> I don't know. I'd have to say I I liked several of them. Mm-hmm. I like I like Susan because she was always drunk. But I I, I love the uh, the Reverend the game. Uh, not to give anything away, but the gambling. He's got. He goes into his room and he pulls this box out and it's full of like gambling stuff. And 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 you, when you question, he's like, "That's none of your business." <laughs> but like, you, there's a whole sub story about this guy's gambling problems, which is really interesting. I like his um, the uh, like I said, I like his manservant. He's good too. Mm-hmm. He's, he always entertains me. Uh, I like the heir to the fortune. That smokes the big cigar. There's, like you said, I mean, all of these characters are very well developed. Yeah, and there's a, there's a guy, there's a Latino guy who's a race car driver. Is that Hector Hoy? I can't remember, but he's he's fun to talk to. And all you hear about is everyone talking about how rich this guy is, but he's just a doofus. He's a race car driving doofus. And that, but he's, I like the they kind of try to generate his accent, you know, right. in the game. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it they do it's pretty good. Like, I almost picture this guy's voice in my head. I guess that's one of the things about not having audio. You can sort of make their own voices mm-hmm. up. Um, but overall, gosh, I'm trying to think. I, I guess I would say I recommend it for a patient neophyte in the genre. Fans of the genre will will that's a classic. Well, I mean, video you have to be. No, thing. I'm talking a new someone that's new like me, someone that's patient. Well, that's not me, but new to this sort of game and has time to kill, and the patience is set through it. Because, I mean, you really almost can't lose if you were patient enough. Mm-hmm. Here's what I recommend. I recommend this game if you own a boxed copy of the game and you get all the ephemera that comes with it and you sort of immerse yourself in the story. If you fire this up on an emulator, I mean, you can play it and you can look up the text files of all the documentation. But, man, I just think that a, a game like this, you really want to immerse yourself in the story. You want to become part of the story yeah. to get the most out of it. It does have a good save feature. You can save it. You don't have to. There's no checkpoints or anything because, God, that would suck. <laughs> Something weird that I that I came across as I was watching the end of this game, one of the guys was talking about someone who's super wealthy, and he said, and keep in mind this game was from like the twenties, and he goes, it's, he said, he goes, he's like, he basically said something effective, he's richer than Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yep. <laughs> so I can only assume they were translating this. They're like, who's a rich American? And that's the one that they came up with, and the the, the era didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, that is and kind of read, an anachronism. Later, I was reading stuff on this, and I found someone else that had mentioned that same thing. So I guess. I'm not the first person to come mm-hmm. across that. Um, There's some stuff in there that I didn't understand, and so I'll probably after the after uh, some story points I didn't quite get. So I'm going to have to talk to somebody that has solved this after the game to get some uh, get some clarification mm-hmm. on it. Like there are grenades in the in the cans in the secret door. I don't know, like I said, I'm not giving anything away, but that I didn't understand what was going on there. I don't know what that means. And there might be red herrings too. It know. could be, and there were some in here. Um, so this game was reviewed quite a bit, as you can imagine. Um, <clears throat> the uh, it got pretty good scores, actually. Uh, it got a uh, Amiga actually gave it ninety three percent. Amiga Format gave it ninety. Amiga Power eighty seven. CU Amiga gave it nineties, and the one gave it an eighty eight. Then reprised that to an or gave it a ninety two, and then went down to an eighty eight. So those are real good scores uh, for the game. So. It was much appreciated game when it came out, um, and I'm guessing it sold pretty well, and I'll explain that when I go to the eBay. This game is one of the most 
easy to find games I think I've seen that we've done on here. I mean, oh, there were surprising. tons of copies of it, and they were all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, in the U.S., you can get a box copy. All these are boxed. Uh, Twenty-seven bucks are best are best offer box with all the trimmings. Not bad. No. Right? Um, if you're in Canada, you can get one for twenty-one bucks or best offer. Italy, I saw them in Italy going from ranging from twenty-four bucks to seventy-two bucks. UK. Somewhere between eleven and twenty-five bucks in Germany, there were sixty bucks, and after that, I just stopped counting. I'm like, these things are everywhere. So this game, somebody bought the crap out of it because I mean, they were plenty of them out there uh, to get. So if this is one you want to add to your collection, and again, like Boat said, it's got some little goodies that come that came with it. Uh, the box art's cute. I like that, and uh, uh, you know, it's a handsome box, and it's, it's a good addition if this is your bag. Mm -hmm. You know, if this ain't your bag, you probably aren't going to get into it that much. Uh, and it's funny there, I, this game hasn't aged in a positive way because I read a lot of internet reviews of it, and the internet reviews often did not like it. I mean, they were very negative about it. I read those before I actually started playing the game. I was like, man, this no. must be the worst game ever because mm -hmm. they were killing it. And but the big, the big, uh, the point of contention was that the clock time thing where it, and it is it's jarring if you and, and once you understand what's happening mm -hmm. and but i mean again you've got to go ask these questions again and again and again and again and again but i mean if you if you're okay with that <clears throat> or if you understand what the concept is to me it made it easier because when that clock skipped up one okay you just did something yeah. good and that's in a lot of these games you don't you don't have that visual indication that time has moved on and it's time to revisit somebody that's again. right i i as a again, this is not necessarily my forte. And as someone who hasn't played a lot of these, I like it when a game holds my hand yeah. and says, "Good job, Aaron. Yeah, you made the clock go." Right. I'm like, "Thank you, game. Mm -hmm. You know, now go try again. Go talk to the, go talk to the bartender one more time, or go talk to Suzanne again. She might have some new stuff for you." It made it more fun for me, and I felt like, unlike a lot of these games, I felt like I was getting somewhere. Right, that was important to me. So. Overall, in the scheme of things, I, I, I enjoyed it. And, and I will admit, uh, I enjoyed it much, much more than I thought it would. Uh, of course, I do like the subject matter, so that, that doesn't hurt. And it's sad. I'd like to have seen this um, sort of interface. Because I played Future Wars, one of the... And this game, this interface is way better. This is way better than what they had. Uh, and I, again, you know more about this than me. Is this sort of thing a more standard thing that you'd see today? Are there games that did this sort of thing now? That are um, the, from what I've seen, like the, the point-and-click adventure games are kind of undergoing a renaissance. And the sort of context-sensitive um, uh, menu options in this are not as popular as the Scum engine you know, yep. where you have the list of commands down there at the bottom of the screen. I think that's more of a nostalgia thing than anything yeah, else. Yeah, I think I like this more than that. But um, this was definitely a trend. Um, King, the, the later King's Quest games, they actually simplified it even more where you wouldn't even have words on the screen. You would right-click, and it would go from, like, an I, and that would be, like, an examine, or, you know, like, a hand. That would be take or something like that. So that was definitely the trend towards the end of the, you know, the point-and-click genre. I will say one thing else that I failed to mention that I enjoyed in this game is that when you're playing it, you have an uncluttered, full screen of art. Mm -hmm. It's quite, it, and and it, it, I think it helps you get into it. One thing about that Scum engine uh, is that you've got all those gauges and stuff at the bottom of the screen. You got the box or whatever, and it there. And I liked it, nice and empty. Mm -hmm. It was actually, it, I, I liked that a lot. Yeah. 
and not having to look at all that extra stuff, it made to me this it made the, it look pretty. You know, we talk about all the Amiga games with the giant HUDs. This is it's, the anti-giant HUD. <laughs> I mean, this game art-wise, it's the it's the top of the heap. Yeah. It's way up there mm -hmm. for for what you're for what you're getting. I mean, I really was impressed. And then the cutscene, like a lot of the cutscenes, they didn't have to add those. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to do it. They could have just described it. But it made you feel like, hey, I'm watching a movie or I'm experiencing a, something very interesting here. That's like a film, mm -hmm. and, and I appreciated that too. So overall, I'll give it high marks for someone like myself. I I, th I was real surprised how much I enjoyed yeah, it. Actually, me too. All right, Aaron. As we leave Cruise for a Corpse, it is time to announce the winner of the uh, Patreon song contest. Okay. All right. So um, we had uh, we had several people enter the contest. And I chose the winner, um, the normal way, whoever included the most cash. <laughs> uh, and I'm pleased to announce that our winner for uh, last week's song was Matthew Peron. All right. Congratulations, Matthew. You said that your favorite episode was John Madden Football. <laughs> uh, because that was the first uh, time that you appeared in the Patreon song. Oh, gosh. So you wow. get a special Amigos postcard. With uh, our signatures on it, congratulating you, and um, so uh, Matthew, congratulations. Um, we'll send that out in the mail, and uh, I want to thank all of the entries. Uh, let's say Edvin Helen, Jason Warns, Jonas Rulo, Chris Folds, Alan Kebab, and Darren Coles for entering. Uh, Did they all get it right, Bo? Everybody got it right. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's time, Aaron, for this week's song. All right. Is okay. this, now, so this is another contest. This here? is this is this is yeah. This is this a is new an ongoing contest. gimmick. Is so okay. Matthew, you are no longer eligible to win, but anybody else, uh, including people that have already entered, you can enter again. And. Uh, He's getting the music out. Yeah, he's, getting, he's, this is, he's booting up the synthesizer. It's, it's getting real. He's firing up Cakewalk. He's, he's Cakewalk, man. Yeah, that's how old I am. <laughs> All this, right. What, I don't know what that is. This is he's got a gimmick. He's got a gimmick. It's a gimmick. That's to what it's called. Put on his guitar. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Dan Ross, Leaf Kalan, Alan Kebab, Donald Tyler. Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Ricky the Rocher, Creepy Dead Boy, Vicky CTC the Slow Norris. Stephen Tugarn Mortensen, Edvin Helen, Lindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foltz, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux. Out Elaine Denson O'Brien's Retro and Vintage Gary Huckersey, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington Duncan Siles, Anthony Jarvis Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan Will Williams, Jonas Rulo Kingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Kim Tommy, Humberstein, THT, and Eric Nelson, Jason Warnes, Pixels of Dawn, Kjolbjorn Barman, Adam Bradley. I predict no one will get that. 
All right, so if you know the name of that song, uh, then send it along with your physical address and uh, your favorite Amigos episode to john at amigospodcast.com, and you will win this special customomized Amigos postcard. I predict there will be many people that get that. I have that. no idea what that was. You, you don't really listen to you the should, kind of music that it's popular with you our You should crew. show the people. You're, you should see these notes. He's got little, he's got, he's got a split into verses. That's the, I've never seen you. You took more notes on that than you did the show. <laughs> you've well, got, I mean, you've written music here, and you've got little, what do the little letters mean? Is that the key you're going to or something? Do you, do you understand how the guitar works? Listen, just answer the question. Don't don't call me out on my guitar knowledge. So the, the little, the little, these things right here, F A minor. Those I couldn't are, read them that far. Those away. are chords. Oh, okay. Why did I even ask? Well, I'm just. I, I'm. Well, and you had to. You had to I'm give me the business. Today. You had to give me the business. That's never happened, but What's never happened? You're being speechless. No, I was speechless when you were giving me the Anton Lavey business last week. I had no idea who did that was. Did you see was. the picture I put I did. up for you? So that's that. Now you know. Now I know. All right, and now you know about the Cruise rest for a corpse. of the story. Good day. Um, so next week we are going to do assassin. Ooh, sounds yeah. scary. Yeah. So remember, folks, uh, you can always check us out on what is. I just, I remember, folks, if you need an assassin, call one eight hundred assassin. You can always watch us live on YouTube every Friday night for us at five thirty Eastern time. Uh, we record ARG presents and then Amigos back to back, just like the fine folks like Eric Sundstrom, Edvin Helen Pishbot. Necro Nom, Pixels at Dawn, Brutal Barracuda, Dan Ross, uh, and everybody else that's hanging out in the chat with us. So yeah, everybody's correcting, or uh, everybody's telling you what that gimmick is actually called. In the oh chat, man, so. everyone in the chat's smarter than me. Yeah, wow. I'll give them credit. That's not saying much, guys. Um, but until then, guys, have a great week. Make sure you keep playing the Amiga. We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.